Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. So tonight's episode, um, I'm going to talk about something that a lot of you might not want to hear, so if you don't want to hear about it, I would just say don't listen to this episode. Um, This is also one of the most divisive things I would say almost in world history, but it's also one of the most divisive things in United States culture and in the culture of a lot of other countries as well. It's a, um, a topic that for a lot of people, they wouldn't even want to discuss it, um, but it definitely has very hard, um, people are very opinionated about this. Um, in regards to complex PTSD, I'll just set a a foundation here. So the reason why I'm going to bring this up, but in regards to complex PTSD on this podcast, I have discussed numerous times, um, times where I have attempted to take my own life. Um, I've done that twice, um, a few years back. Um, there were two different instances. Um, I think they were about a year apart or maybe nine months apart, something like that. Um, so, you know, ending your own life, Um, suicide. Um, And what I'm going to bring up um, in regards to that, because I think a lot of people with complex PTSD, they have such prolonged hopelessness and suffering. This can be a very relatable thing that I'm discussing. Um, And in regards to the topic that I'm going to bring up that is so divisive, that topic is, and I have to be careful how I'm saying this because there's very, there's a lot of different definitions here for very specific ways that things are worded. Um, So I'm talking about euthanasia and euthanasia is when you think of an ant, like um, euthanizing. Um, So some people refer to this as assisted suicide. Some of them call this death with dignity. And some would say that euthanasia is not either of those things. Um, so a definition of euthanasia that I found was the painless killing of a patient who's suffering from an incurable or painful disease or an irreversible coma. So a lot of times people might think of, you know, someone who is in so much pain, like let's just say they're dying from from some type of a cancer or, you know, their Alzheimer's is out of control and they... Um, had told their doctor, I want this, you know, I want you to help me end my life before I really lose all my memory. And I'm just, I don't want to be a burden. Well, what I'm going to bring up um, is people who have had long-term suffering of suicidal ideations um, and I don't know what type of a time frame that there would be on this because almost everything that you look up in regards to this, I can't find hardly anywhere even in the world outside of possibly Switzerland, and I might be wrong about that, um, where you could even actually get um, euthanized for prolonged suffering of mental anguish um, and suicidal ideation to the point where you've actually begged people to just mercy kill. Um, So again, this is a very heavy topic here. This isn't something I've ever brought up before on here. Um, 
And I'm going to be very frank. The reason I wanted to talk about this and the reason I looked this up is um, I've been struggling with those thoughts. Um, and I am seeing a counselor and we discuss these things. So I am currently in treatment. Um, and I'm actually going to see her Monday. And I'm going to bring this up to her that I'm researching this. Um, I've actually thought of emailing a state legislator to talk to her um, in she's from my congressional district about um, any groups that she might know about or anyone that has been bringing up legislation for this. So again, this is this is all very touchy and this is very divisive. but I know that in the state of Oregon, um, they have a lot more, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't even know if the word progressive depends on what people think of the word progressive, um, maybe lax or maybe liberal, whatever the word might be, but they have laws that are more, um, in favor towards, and I think it is even legal. Um, again, there's a lot of different wordings here. But I I do believe that death with dignity is legal. And again, that is for terminally terminally ill people. That is not, to my understanding, for people just long-term suffering of thoughts of wanting to harm themselves. So this is a whole different thing here. Um, And again, these are all different words. There's euthanasia. There's assisted suicide, medically assisted suicide. There's death with dignity. Um... Most of these, and even in Canada and Switzerland, um, everything I've ever read or seen on there, it's always about um, terminally ill. So they're, they've made it legal for terminally ill people. Now, when it comes to mental health, you know, for somebody like me who has struggled with hopelessness on and off for years and years and years, someone who has struggled with a substance abuse issue due to my isolation from other people, I I think that those are very tightly connected there. Um, And someone who literally, and sometimes people don't believe me when I say this, but I would say since the age of about 14, someone who literally has thought about ending ending their life, um, you know, since I was age of 14, probably millions of times, um, I only actually acted out on it twice in the traditional sense. Um, I would say sometimes with my substance abuse, which was always binge drinking, um, there's been numerous times where, you know, it could have happened, um, just from the drinking. Um, but you know, it's, it, that's sort of a slow, a slow form of death is when you're, you're drinking yourself to death. Um, And, you know, everybody's got their, their way of doing it. Um, some people use different types of drugs and whatever, but, um, I just think that, you know, this goes into like philosophy. This goes into a lot of things that I've actually studied. I almost minored in philosophy. And if you know anything about philosophy, philosophy is all about morals. You know, what is morally right? Um, and if you look back at history, which is what I got my degree in, Um, throughout time, the views on this have changed a lot over time. Um, from what I've read, like ancient Rome, um, and different cultures before Christianity became really big, 
they were much more, um, I would say, open in different ways to um, somebody who was wanting to take their life. Um, and then you also have, um, you know, eugenics that plays into this. Some people will view it as a eugenics thing. I checked out four books today, um, and one is called A Merciful End, the, Uni- the, Euthanasia, the Euthanasia Movement in Modern America by Ian Dalbigan. Another one is called Death on Demand, Jack Kevorkian and the Right to Die Movement by Michael de Césaire. Another one is called um, Thinking Critically, Euthanasia by Andrea C. Nakaya. And another one is called Historical Guides to Controversial Issues in America, The Euthanasia Assisted Suicide Debate by Demetra M. Pappas. Um, and this one, all of these almost bring up Dr. Jack Kevorkian. This one brings up Terry Schiavo, um, who, if I'm not mistaken, she was had a terminal illness of some sort. I remember everybody talking about it at the time. This was probably 20 years ago or maybe less than that, but about 20 years ago, I think. And I think her loved one was wanting her to have death with dignity. And it was this big debate. And I don't remember the outcome of that. I'll have to read more through this book and figure that out. Um, but all of these things, and even on the back of this book, it says... They create a volatile mix of medical, ethical, religious, legal, and public policy issues. Um, I also wrote my college capstone paper on religion. My, my paper was actually about the, the power of Christ. And the um, I didn't say that in my paper. I was being very covert because I wanted to write my paper about Jesus and the power of Christ during the, the United States Civil War and religious movements that led up to the U.S. Civil War in regards to the emancipation of slaves. Um, And this certain zeal that was going through certain pastors at the time to end slavery and how that was very much an emancipatory uh, zeal. And um, I particularly focus on one preacher named Barton Stone and his break from predestination um, and leading up to the United States Civil War, but ironically, I've told you guys before, um, so I wrote about Barton, um, and I'm I'm not making this up, this will sound, I just was now thinking of this, Um, the last time I tried to take my own life, I was in North Carolina, and um, there, I was... I was driving back. Everything was crazy. It was after I had that dream and everything. And that night I tried to take my life at a hotel. And that's the last time I attempted that. It was like June of 2018. And I was going to drive back through Asheville, North Carolina, but it turned out that there was a possible mudslide. So I ended up taking a different route through West Virginia. And I was driving into Kentucky and my GPS kept saying accidents ahead, hour delay, two hour delay. So I took an exit at like one in the afternoon. I was planning to go through Indiana back to Illinois, um, where I live now, Illinois. Um, But I took an exit. I just took a random exit because my GPS kept saying accidents. Well, come to find out, the hotel I got, I ended up in Lexington, Kentucky. And the hotel I got, I saw these brochures there. And they all said all these little things about horses because it's like horse country. And I had like a little bell ringing in my head saying, why is this, 
telling me something. You know, there's something familiar going on here. And come to find out, the guy, the preacher from the 1800s who I wrote my college paper about, his grave was 20 minutes from the hotel. And and I just tried to take my life, like the night before. And then here's this weird coincidence, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and there's even a museum there. And he originally was buried in my hometown in Illinois, but then the grave was moved, I think, at least twice. But it eventually ended up there in Paris, I think, Kentucky. And um, so I got to go to his museum and his grave and everything. It was really cool. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's had a, an experience like that, not once, but I actually had it twice with another preacher who I wrote about. And the guy who portrayed him lived in my house and all that stuff that I've talked about. Um, so again, you know, that, that zeal or that fire or whatever you want to call it, I've seen it, I've experienced it and I still, I still suffer. Like I still have hopelessness. Um, and so I personally think for people like myself, there should be an option, um, because this shouldn't be going on for so long. Like this is not this is insane. Um, it's creating mental deterioration for me. I know it is when you struggle with these thoughts. I mean, I've had them over 20 years now. I've had them over 25 years. Um, you know, I'm 41. These started when I was 14 and nobody should have to go through that for so long. Um, and I, I've seen some arguments um, in some of these books already. I like to read the footnotes first and see what their sources are. And there were some cases, and this has been a talk, talking point for thousands of years. Um, you know, even in America in the 1900s, 1800s, people were talking about death with dignity. They just called it something different at different eras. Because um, they even give an example from the 1930s of a woman who was dying and she was just suffering so much. She was like begging the doctor to just mercy kill basically. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that is just, I don't hardly ever hear anybody talk about this on the news. And if you do, it's always like a Canadian doctor or a doctor in Oregon or a doctor in Switzerland. It's never like a huge thing. The only time it was ever a huge thing were these two cases of maybe Jack Kevorkian, who I remember when I was a kid, you know, in the nineties, a teenager, he was nicknamed Dr. Death. And then, um, the Terry Schiavo case where she was, if I'm not mistaken, terminally ill. Um, so those are the only two things that I can even think of. And that was, I would say 20 plus years ago. Um, you know, I would, I would almost like to see this come forefront and in regards to mental health. And that's a very sensitive thing to say because, you know, if someone is having a very impulsive moment, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so you have to be very, very tight knit with how people would approach this. This has to be a nuts and bolts type approach. And what I mean by nuts and bolts is very similar to a legal approach to something. Um, cause when you set a specific precedence, um, you know, it has to be for that purpose because if it starts to branch off into different things, I wouldn't want somebody who's being impulsive to 
end their life and as you know the drugs are coming into their veins thinking oh my god what am I doing um because that's what I think would happen um I'm talking about long-term suffering is what I'm talking about here um and someone could say well what's long-term um I would say if they've struggled with this hopelessly um on and off you know they would probably want a time frame put onto this I would I would say over a, f- a five-year period of of hopelessness like extreme hopelessness and certain things might differ um depending on if they also did have like a medical thing that's that would be a different whole other thing involved with it um but again I've never brought this up before um but I wanted to bring it up because um I just think it would be more ethical in a lot of ways rather than like let's just say for example if someone shoots themselves um you know there's paramedics involved the family doesn't know why they did it um it's it affects just a lot of things it's it's horrible right um you know another example um if somebody jumps off a building you know there there's those witnesses it's it's not able to be handled ethically like it's um it's it's like the person got done wrong um and so in in regards to all of this if this was legal the person could inform their family that's a whole other conversation by the way um the person would be able to inform their family they'd be able to write a will they would be able to um it would just be a better way of going out um more people you know might reach out and try to help them and maybe there would be a postponement period um so before anybody would be allowed to do it you know give yourself 6 months um do a period where you've notified loved ones and maybe they'll reach out you'll be able to talk about things and then you'll change your mind um you know th- there could be a whole si- a whole s- way it's done just so it's more ethical because the suffering is just it's too much sometimes um and I'm okay right now by the way I didn't want you guys to worry about me um I'm okay um but I just I found this very interesting I find it interesting too that I, I just don't ever hear about it on the news or anything you know I see people who are struggling with hopelessness and they just they drink themselves till they hurt themselves they use whatever other type of drug until they're not even the same person anymore and you know like how many years can people be on different medications i've done that too so again i'm using myself as an example here again this podcast basically serves as a diary um you guys are listening to my diary um but i'm um i'm going to read these books i love the footnotes so far i also checked out another book which i found so fascinating because um i also work for a state supreme court and so i know a lot about precedents you know setting a precedents in a court case i didn't know that united states supreme court justice neil gorsuch wrote a whole book about all of this like i don't know how much he went into emotional like depression mental health stuff i think he might have written more about death with dignity and um terminal illnesses but neil gorsuch wrote a whole book about it which i found so fascinating and uh, i don't have that title in front of me right now but i did check it out through interlibrary loan so i don't have it with me right now but when it comes in i might mention 
mention it. Um, but he did a whole thing about the ethics, the morals, you know, what's right, what's wrong. Um, you know, how the United States views it, the public views it. Um, just very interesting. I had no idea he'd ever written about that. Um, cause again, I work for a state Supreme court. So, um, I just feel like this is something that, you know, maybe I'm one of the few people who is comfortable discussing this and has experience with depression and suicide and court cases and religion and history. Um, you know, it's, you know, in philosophy, um, cause I studied all these things. I've experienced these things. Um, so I also, um, and this is another thing that I would never normally say, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, so there's been a couple other instances, um, where, and I won't say what led up to it, but basically I had more than a nervous breakdown. This is probably three years ago. Um, and it happened twice where, um, things got really, really bad. And at least once that I can remember clearly, but I think I'm pretty sure it happened twice. Um, I actually begged a police officer to shoot me, to bet, to kill me. Um, and I think that's known as death by cop. Um, I might be wrong in the saying what it's called, um, or suicide by cop. Maybe it's called suicide by cop. Um, but it's like a, it's almost like a mercy kill. Um, and so again, you know, who wants to do that? Right. It's not an ethical way to go. Like it's, that's a terrible situation to put an officer in, but when you're so desperate, you don't care. Um, if you're just completely hopeless where you don't care, then you don't care. Right. You're thinking of ending it all. Like nothing matters. You just think you're going to go. Um, so it's, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what that is called suicide by cop. Um, then I don't ever want to do that again. Like that was, that was awful. Um, but again, it's, you know, I'm just trying to show you there's, that's what people do. Like, that's what people do when they are at the end of the rope. You know, if you're in a hotel, the maid finds you like, um, so many celebrities have done over the years. I mean, how horrible for the maid, like, that's a terrible thing. But if this was legal, that wouldn't happen as much, I would guess, um, because there'd be an option, right? So I, I think just knowing that there would be an option, it would help a lot of people. They would, they would have like a route. And again, this is like a super sensitive topic. It's very divisive. I understand. Um, but I just think if there was a more ethical way of going about it, and this all ties into legal matters, religious matters, it goes into everything everybody hates. Like it goes into, into like the nitty gritty of it all. And some people say it's even more divisive than the abortion topic. Um, so again, it's very divisive. It's very sensitive. Um, and I will say that I actually watched a video. This was several years ago, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know, but it was an older guy and he really wasn't that old. He might've been in his sixties. And I think he had some type of terminal illness. Like he was really ill. Um, 
like just at the end of his rope and just could not or hand, handle it anymore. So he went to Switzerland and I think his wife was with him and he had signed up and like he literally had it administered and they, the doctor, you know, it was like a physician assistant or death with dignity type thing. And he, he died. Like he, he chose that route. And I will say that watching that really, um, kind of spooked me. And I'm sorry about that noise just now. Um, it really kind of spooked me to see it. So like if somebody were to say, well, have you ever watched a video or someone did that? Yeah, I have watched a video. Um, and I don't know that they actually showed the moment he died. I can't remember that if that was allowed to be shown, but I think it was. Um, but even just seeing it being administered, it's like, wow, this, this is really happening. Um, you know, they're really doing this and then he's not there anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's very, it's very divisive. Um, you know, he's gone and just not there. Um, and it reminded me of when the last time I tried to take my life, both times I've said this before, both times I did it, it was by drowning. Um, the second time I did it, it, it's, it scared me so much because it was worse than the first time. And my first thought that ran through my mind was, what am I doing? Life is so short. Um, life is so short. What am I doing? And it, it kind of made me want to live. Like it made me want to like, just, just not do that because it, it scared me. It, it freaked me out. Um, but you know, again, you got to consider the context you're doing it in a place where I'm not a professional in ending my own life. Right. Like who is, um, but if you were able to do it in a more dignified, ethical, medical manner, um, I just think it it would just help end a lot of suffering because I've tried just about anything, everything. Um, and I have days where I'm really great. I'm really happy. Um, and then today, today I just had like a really long, drawn out gray cloud over my head. And I was doing everything to get rid of that gray cloud um, to the point where I eventually smoked a cigarette um, and I don't even smoke, but I just had to do something just to like um, get my mind off of things. And this podcast has gone a little longer than I normally do. And that's why you hear my phone dinging. Um, people are texting me, um, but I apologize for that. But um, I'm going to go ahead and end that here. And, um, I'm actually doing a podcast tomorrow on another podcast. So I'm going to be interviewed tomorrow, um, for another podcast about complex PTSD and that'll probably air Wednesday or Thursday. And she's, she's going to ask me spe uh, specific questions. And so the next few podcasts I do, I'm going to advertise that. So you guys can go over there and listen to her stuff. Um, and her podcast is called Hello Trauma Brain. And again, I don't want you guys to worry about me. Um, I'm just researching this. I'm, I just want to talk to my local legislator. Um, she's a congressional member of Congress. Um, but uh, I just want to ask her some things and 
research some of this because I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit a brick wall with a lot of it because again, this is usually for terminal illnesses and mental, emotional, hopelessness, depression, things like that is so touchy in regards to this topic. It's, you know, who knows, who knows where we'll go. Um, cause I, I couldn't really find too much of anything whatsoever about people who are wanting to end their lives and having a doctor assist them do that. I think it's almost unheard of. I don't even know if they do that in Switzerland. So I wanted to bring it up. Um, it was something that I brought up in my play a few years ago when I wrote my play. Um, I didn't bring up euthanasia, but I brought up the character in the play was saying, um, certain things about suicide that I think most people don't think that way unless they have actually dealt with it. Like actually had those emotions and thoughts of doing that. Um, and I'm not promoting it. I'm not promoting, you know, hurting yourself, you know, Google, um, suicide hotline, things like that. If those are things you struggle with, because I think the number is different for different places. Um, but yeah, if you ever struggle with that, I would say, Google helpline um, and talk to somebody because uh, every time I've done that, it's always helped. When I lived in North Carolina, I used to go to this um, this uh, counseling center that was open 24 hours a day. And sometimes I go there at like one o'clock in the morning and just talk to somebody. And I loved that they were there any hour of any, you know, any day. Um, it was great. But again, I'll go ahead and end that here. And like I said, I am going to be doing the um, podcast tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. I'm very curious to have somebody pick my brain. So um, I am going to bring this up again, though, probably within the next week, uh, because I think that this is just something I don't ever hear about on television, and it's super taboo. And I feel like I'm a person who has qualifications to talk about it to a degree. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. Um, but I definitely have struggled with these things and I have studied certain things that these people, that a lot of this is connected to. Um, I just know that it's very important to be very careful how to approach it. Um, but I do think that people could have a better quality and more ethical way of you know, ending their life if that's what they choose to do. And that's what I think is really important. But, you know, get away from all these horrible ways of that people take their own lives. Um, so this is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.